Welcome to the Sales Globe Rethink Sales Podcast. I'm Michelle Seeger. And I'm Mark Danolo. You know, Michelle, <laughs> nothing is as it seems anymore in this crazy world. Nope. This virtual world we live in, you just never know what you're going to see every single day when you wake up. It's like our topic today. Yes. Ah, the love-hate relationship with remote work. Now, I've always loved work, so I've never had a hate relationship with work unless it was that that sailboat factory that I used to work for when I was a teenager. There were some things that happened there that I, I didn't, didn't like that job, but I've always loved work, so this will be an interesting topic. Oh, yeah, it's a great topic, and I'm really excited, so let's get to it, Mark. Okay, Mark, so we're going to get into the love-hate relationship with remote work that both employees and employers have today. Yeah, you know, I, I've, I've always loved work, Michelle. I've never associated the word hate with work, except maybe mm. that first job I had as a fiberglass laminator in a sailboat factory, but that's kind of a child mm. labor thing, so it got better after that, but I've always loved work. Well, maybe you would have loved that one more if it was remote, Mark. <laughs> <laughs> remote lamination. That's, yeah. It's possible. <laughs> you never know. Not back in the 1970s, though. Mm, maybe not. Uh, anyway, uh, so I think it would be great if we just go back to the impetus. Let's talk about how this whole thing started and why is this whole love-hate relationship with remote work, like it seems to be hitting the front page are pretty close to it of almost every single newspaper right now, right? It's on the tip of everyone's tongue and everybody's talking about how are we going to work and remote work? Is it in or is it out? Yeah. And you know, what's really ironic is the challenges that people are running into companies running into right now around engagement, collaboration. We've been talking about this since the beginning of 2020, Michelle. Oh, I know. I'm yeah. very excited Hello. because you and I, <laughs> that was one of our big predictions in 2020, right? We were talking about bunny slipper fatigue. Yep. yep. And we said, this isn't going to last, this love relationship with the remote work. And here we are. Mm -hmm. So let's talk about why, you know, why it started to begin with. Um, people were working. Let's just, let's just talk about the United States. Before COVID hit this big pandemic, Anywhere from, the stats will tell you anywhere from 2% upwards of maybe 13% of people are working remote, at least part-time mm -hmm. pre-pandemic. Right. And what we know and what we all experienced is that number jumped to higher than 90% literally overnight when the pandemic hit. And I remember that day, boy, it was March 13th, 2020, and it was a Friday the 13th of mm -hmm. all things. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yep. So what happened, Mark? Well, it was about safety. Mm -hmm. It was about protection. It was about shelter in place. And we did that, like you said, for, for a long period of time. And, and we started to develop a practice of it. Yeah. And, and I started thinking about habits and how long does it take to create a habit? Yeah. Well, we know it's 30 to 45 days to make or break a habit. Okay. 30 to 45 days, make yep. or break a habit. We've been doing this for two years now. So this is yeah. like beyond a habit. This is like an ingrained part of our psyche and what we do. And, and, and it went from safety to now becoming 
the expectation. Yeah. Like, oh, we're just going to keep doing this. And, um, and, and so I think for a lot of us, it brings up this question, well, how did that happen? That just kind of slid in there. And, and one executive told me a while back, he said, uh, I think this is like the great experiment that wouldn't have happened unless an event happened like this, that we were moving toward people wanting to work more remote and this finally kicked it over the edge. Yeah. And, you know, there were reasons for that that made sense. Right. Mm -hmm. So I think about a city like Atlanta, for example, we have uh, we have pretty bad traffic. Right. So it can take a couple hours to get to and from work. So we were working remote one day a week Mm -hmm. uh, when I just think about Sales Globe. But to your point, then it became this full expectation to the point that now 70% of employees expect or really want to work remotely moving ahead. But right. that's not really meeting with employee expectations. Yeah, I mean, when you look at what employer expectations, the big gap is, like you said, 70% of employees think they're going to continue to work remote. Mm-hmm. And when we surveyed employers, they expected about a third of people to continue to work remote. So you've got about a 40% difference between those two. And for a while, companies weren't quite getting it. They didn't, they didn't quite understand that, but now they, they can see that gap. So there's a big gap to be, to be bridged there. And so, you know, the employers saw all sorts of benefits initially mm-hmm. around cost savings. And then this idea of, 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 um, liability being concerned about people coming back to the office. Right. Then it's like, okay, we don't want them to come back. Uh, and then there was all this talk about, well, productivity is actually increasing. Well, it's increasing for some, but not for all. But then that became kind of extrapolated to the whole population. It's like everybody's increasing productivity now. So there, there's this gap that has to be bridged uh, between what employers expect and what employees expect. Right. So that's where we are today. Where we are today is that employers are going to have to start making some decisions and employees are still grappling and thinking through what makes the most sense for them. Right. And so what I'd love for us to do is what we're going to do is have this conversation around with no political boundaries, right? What really do employees love and what should they be thinking about though? That's practical as they think about remote work. And then also we're going to get into what they hate mm-hmm. and then we'll take it, you know, from the employee and then onto the employer start uh, side of this. So let's start talking about the employees and the things that they really do love about remote work. And it all starts with. Uh, yeah. Flexibility. I think yeah. that's the first thing that comes up is like, I love the flexibility in my schedule and I can do things when I need to do them. I can work anytime. So if I'm a night person, I can work at night. I don't have to work, you know, nine to five. So if I have a job that allows me to do that and I can do things sort of asynchronously, I can do that, right? So we still have to actually collaborate with people, but, but it gives you, gives you more flexibility there. Yep. And there was this whole thing around, you know, the, as a result of that, what's the outcome? The outcome of being flexible like that allows you an opportunity to have more of, you know, life work balance is what, what the common term is. Right. But I mean, even speaking from some of our own uh, people here, I hear stories about, oh gosh, it was kind of cool. Cause I have, you know, breakfast home with my son where normally I would be heading out to the airport, for example, you know, really early in the morning, um, being present at some games that maybe I wasn't before. So it caused, I think this two year experiment for people or employees to really be thinking about what did I miss, you know, and, and what's the, um, mm-hmm. this flexibility that's being offered to me. So that's some of the plus, right. And some of the things that people love. So what about, um, 
employers? What is it that they love so much about this? Well, I mean, employers, if an employer is not like this, uh, you know, amorphous object, they're, they're people too, right? So you've got people in managerial positions that they look at their own roles, I think, and they, they love the flexibility as well, right? So they have some of the things that everybody likes because uh, they're, they're able to, uh, to get those benefits as well. Um, I think from the kind of big E employer, they, they like the cost savings on real estate, particularly mm-hmm. as the leases expire. So they're not committed to as much real estate. One company we work with in Philadelphia, huge uh, office tower in Philadelphia. Mm-hmm. They basically, and, and they, they moved into that a few years ago. They basically are closing that down and they're setting up a, an office in suburban Philadelphia and one in New Jersey. Right. Wow. So making some big shifts in that way. And a lot of, yep. I know a lot of companies are going to more satellite offices, that type of thing. Uh, facilities. So, so, you know, saving, savings in all those areas. And of course, cost savings on travel. So yeah. you know, they're not, people aren't out flying around uh, and, and, and all the costs associated with that. So a lot, a lot of savings in those areas. And then I think geographic options. So as you're looking at hiring people, you no longer have the geographic boundaries. So we're always talking to executives and, and, and managers about new roles when they're mm-hmm. trying going to try something new. And they'll always say, well, I really want to stay in the, in the Metro New York area or the Atlanta area or whatever it might be. Now that's not even a consideration because they can work anywhere and companies can hire anywhere. So that kind of opens up the opportunities for everybody. Yeah. So we were talking to a head of sales of a high tech company and he was telling us not that long ago, Mark, that um, their inside sales was actually performing so much better than they did pre-pandemic mm-hmm. and they're working from homes. But the reason is because they've been able to open up where they hire from. So right. instead of these two small cities where they were asking people to come into these offices, he said, we have been poaching across the U.S. We've been pulling the best people from other companies that we know and they are killing it. You know, but it's also a very certain profile that he's hiring too. that's actually killing it out there in the market. And so I think that that will start to lead us into what are some of the things that now we're two years into it, do employers, let's talk about the employer first, um, what is that there's making them a little hesitant about this remote work and what do they not like so much? And then we'll get into the employee perspective. And then lastly, I'd like us to talk a little bit about some of the things that nobody's talking about it today. Ooh, yeah, that'll be exciting. Yeah. <laughs> so, what are they openly talking about that they do not like employers? Well, I think one of the first ones is uh, something that hasn't really shown up yet across the board, which is um, lack of development. Mm. So, what what I mean by that is you got. Ironically, the younger generations who are going, oh, I love all this remote work and this is great. And, you know, I'm just, I'd rather be in my apartment than have to go to the, go to the office. But what we're missing is a lot of those people are early in career yep. and they're not getting the developmental opportunities that we all got when we were their age about being around your peers, you know, people that, that you report to and learning through contact and learning through just demonstration and, and, and being humans. Right. Yes. But, but that's the great irony. They're going, I'm okay. But then we're going, no, you're not. But the thing is, you're not going to know that for a few years. And, and, and some employers don't realize that yet, but a lot of employers are recognizing that. So they're like, well, what are we going to do in terms of developing people? Because the risk is we're going to have a generation of underdeveloped professionals. Yeah. 
And, you know, think about your early years in your career. Can you remember that far back? Yeah, it was after the sailboat laminating factory. Okay, yeah, yeah. all so right. I do remember so that, it yes. was after the fifties. That's good. Okay, <laughs> so if we think back to those days, right? Now I'm thinking about it myself. You know, how did you learn? You would have your boss or a colleague that you'd go to lunch with them, or they'd say, "Hey, you know, I'm working on this thing over here," and you'd kind of sit over their shoulder, or you'd. I would even say in my early days, I'd say, "Hey." can you tell me what you're doing? Can I just kind of watch? And I would just learn that way. Right. And so when you talk about the development opportunities, it's not all structured development. A lot of it just naturally happens. And when we talk about um, younger people too, getting that development, it's also building their network, their business oh, network, sure. yeah, right? Yeah. So all of that leads to your development, being able to choose a mentor, like all those things I think are, are the employer is recognizing is at high risk. And for some younger people just getting out of school, they don't know what they don't, they they don't, don't know. know. And they can't know because they've never, they've never lived through that. So, yeah. yeah so definitely a, a big situation there. And then speaking of, of ironies, lack of collaboration. Mm -hmm. We're humans and creativity comes from connection. So the irony here is the companies that are the most vocal about all, you know, you can work anywhere, remote work are supposedly the innovators, especially yeah. like in high tech. And they're like, you can work anywhere, but that's the thing that's going to cause the disconnection and the lack of, of innovation and the, and the lack of collaboration. And so again, this is another one of those lagging uh, factors. I don't think we're going to see it for some period of time, but I think we're going to start to see a turn at some point where it's like, well, wait a second. We're not, you know, we saw more of the quote productivity improvements that we could measure with numbers, right. left brain, all that kind of stuff. But we're not seeing the same level of innovation uh, over this period that we thought we were going to see and uh, when they're looking back on it. So I think that's going to show up at some point. Well, and with, we think about, you know, innovation and we think about collaboration and, you know, how people work, that all gets to the other high risk area, which is company culture. Mm -hmm. Yes, Absolutely. Yeah. yeah, how do you build a culture when everybody's looking at each other on cameras? It's a, a real yeah. it's a real challenge. Yeah. Um, and that's what, you know, big companies are being pretty brave. CEOs are coming out there. Well, look at Salesforce. They've come out and they've said, look, our culture has been at risk. And they've done a couple things, right? So they're going to a um hybrid model. We do know that of about three days in the office. And they're creating um, a lot of companies maybe don't have these resources. They've actually bought an absolutely beautiful um, culture, a center where they can have people, uh, a retreat. They're going to have people out there for meetings. And it's really all about continuing to build the culture of the organization. Yeah. And it's a whole outdoor Redwoods kind yes. of thing. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. And, and I, I think that's really interesting because, um, Salesforce is pushing back. Uh, they, I think they're one of the challengers in this whole situation saying we need to get people back together and, yep. we, and we know the value of that. So they've been holding events and things of that nature. So um, in fact, tell us about that commercial you saw, because I think that was really telling. Oh yeah. Uh, hashtag team earth. I think it's right, called, right. right? Yeah. Team earth. So everybody saw that. My favorite commercial. They played it during the Super Bowl. Right. I don't even watch TV and this one caught my eye. So uh, it, you know, it's kind of interesting. It's about virtual reality, but if you read into the commercial and you watch what's happening, it's about connecting with people. So it opens up with Matthew McConaughey, who doesn't like him, right? 
he's on there and he's talking about space and Mars. And he's like, eh, you know, and everything we got <laughs> is right here, you know. Right, right. But what he goes on to talk about is building trusted relationships. And mm-hmm. it shows two people holding hands. It's about creating an office space for everyone. And you see these people sitting in an office, right? And um, it it's kind of... It's not that there's not a place for um, virtual communication, but it's almost like we're starting to pivot a little too far over to that side. And uh, I I thought it was really strong for Salesforce to come out with that messaging. That's how I interpreted it anyway. Yeah, great, great statement, you Mm -hmm. know, which I think brings up another, uh, call it hate point from employers, which is having to pander to the popular culture around remote. Mm. And, and this came out way early on with Jamie Dimon at JP Morgan saying, everybody's going to come back into the office and everybody's like, Oh, how oh. can you say that? That's, yeah. you know, that's heresy, you know, yeah. go to work. Are you kidding? And so, you know, then he got canceled out on that. And he now all did. of a sudden uh, we're starting to realize that it's like, it takes a while, uh, you know, uh, now nobody's talking about them you know, anymore. When the dinosaur yeah. gets hit in the tail, it takes a while for it to finally get to the brain. And so yeah. Salesforce is now coming out saying, okay, yeah, hello, we got to do this. Yeah, and, and Home Depot is back in. There's a lot of companies that are back in. And, and you know what? There's what we think will be, well, we'll talk about what's going to be here to stay. We believe it's hybrid. But let's talk about what employees hate about this remote work. All right, so we're talking about love-hate. We, we talked about what everything that the employers don't like. Now let's get to the employee perspective. Well, one of the likes we talked about was work-life balance earlier mm-hmm. on, but I think that's also a hate because is it really work-life balance? Because if my office is my living room or if it's around the corner from my living room, I never really get away from it. So I'm always one yeah. step away from, from the office. And, and there was a, a team we were talking to and the leader of this team uh, was a few weeks ago and he said, um, I used to love the commute, and he, he lives in the New York area, because it gave me a separation between work and home. Mm. But now I don't have that separation anymore, so it just never stops. Yeah. So some of us has dif- have difficulty setting boundaries, right? Yeah. <laughs> so, so that's one of them, which is you can just continue to, to do this uh, all the time. Mm-hmm. And, and, you know, of course, there's the Zoom fatigue, which is, you know, how many conference calls can you be on back-to-back where you're quote collaborating with people, but not really, and 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 so that's that's a heavy fatigue area. That's a tough area as well. Yeah, it sure is. Um, the other thing is, so you know, there's some stuff that people are they're starting to talk about, but not really. And the first one I'm going to bring up is this whole um, idea that's real. It's very real about anxiety and depression. Mm-hmm. And what we knew, even pre-pandemic, and it was really, there's a lot of books that were starting to be written about this, about, you know, Gen Z, because I've got a couple kids that fall in that in that age, and it's a little scary, right? So all that screen time and Instagram, which is where everyone's beautiful, 365 days of the year, and they're happy, and, you know, all is good. Um, we're hearing the same thing is happening with remote work. So people are seeing others, um, but not not all the time and at their best. They don't really know what's going on. And what we are hearing is that the, the depression and anxiety is going up in people. And there was a study that came out in um, uh, between the, let's see, Gen Z, and it was uh, 
the millennials. So it was like 18 to 39 year olds. And the majority stated that those that said they wanted to work remote also stated that they were more anxious and had more depression and a little more isolation. Mm -hmm. So it's like, well, what, how much trade-off is there there? You know, I want to be at home, but I'm a little more anxious and a little more isolated. So there's got to be something in the middle. So we're not spending a lot of time talking about those implications, which definitely will impact productivity. Yep. Yep. Absolutely. The other thing is I'm going to call this baloney on asynchronous work because I'm going to say that there's a lot of people that might be saying they're doing it, but they're not. So one of the other things that we um, are observing from the employer perspective, and if employees really, you know, if you really think about it, um, think about your how you've been working over the past two years, and are you as sharp, are you as on, and are you as aware and connected as you were pre-pandemic? Now, this isn't to say that I'm not, you know, a, pro- a proponent of, hybrid work because I actually am. I think it's got a great place, but are you aware of all the meetings? Are you missing any? You know, because we're hearing and we're on meetings and we're seeing uh, things happen in events where people just don't show up. Yeah. Yeah. We call that the COVID slumber. Yes, yeah, we because do. Because people are dulling out, right? So they're not as yeah. sharp. And and I, I, I got to tell you, I got my theory why, which is when you're in person, you're working with somebody, yeah. all the neurons are firing. Yeah. You're connecting. A lot of stuff's happening. Yeah. But when you're looking at a screen, that starts to dull you down. Yeah. And so, yeah, I think that I think that's a real issue, that, that whole COVID slumber. And, um, and then we were talking earlier, Michelle, about the idea of, of mixed priorities mm-hmm. and, and lines being blurred on priorities. And for years, it's been one way, which is, we've all had to sacrifice for our careers. We've had to prioritize work. It's like, well, you know, I can't, I can't be there for baseball practice because I've got work or whatever. And it seems like it's kind of getting really blurred and almost going the other way. So somebody's taking a call and you hear the crack of a bat in the background. And this is not just like, (laughs) you know, an occasional occurrence. This kind of stuff happens all the time. And you're like, wait a second what are we doing? Are we really working or we, do we have like split focus? Well, and then we're hearing, right. Even for companies that have got a hybrid work situation, let's say they want, they're asking for people to be in two days a week. Well, heck it's everything from the plumber is coming to, you know, I got to drop my dry cleaning off to who knows what. Right. So it's like, well, wait a second here. So I think that these are the things people are not talking about. So I think employers and employees have to be honest with themselves and say, okay, if we're going to have a contract on hybrid working, if that's the future, then what do the expectations, the new expectations, what should they look like? And what does that contract look like that works for both parties? Right. So, so a few big takeaways here then based on what you're saying. So I think that contract is a really important point and the clarity, which is something that we've yes. heard a lot about, the lack of clarity. And, and we were looking through uh, a lot of information we had recently on what companies are doing in terms of their return to work or their yeah. remote work policies. And, and they were all in writing. And so many of them were just vague and wishy-washy. Very unclear. Right. And, and I remember this, this one executive recently said the biggest frustration he had was that the CEO was just really murky about what the whole plan was. It was just 
vague, right? So then this lack of leadership, because leadership doesn't want to make a statement about yes. what they're doing because they fear that it's going to create concern among you know, the population is actually the wrong direction to go. Yes. You've got to be clear about what that contract is and, and what you what you want people to do, what the, what the organization is going to do. People are looking for that leadership. Agreed. Yep. Okay, so Mark, we have talked about a lot of different things today about working remote in the hybrid workforce and that love-hate relationship. And uh, I, I'd like to summarize this up because we've given some people a few things to think about. And I think uh, takeaways would be, Gosh, remote work is here to stay. Mm -hmm. There are pros and there are cons. And I think, you know, from the employee standpoint as an individual, what you need to be thinking about is, um, are you, what do you love about remote work? And are you actually meeting your employer's expectations for when you are working remote? So whatever their expectations are, are you prioritizing properly? So it does the company's expectation align with yours. Right, right. And, and yes. you know, you made this point uh, before as well, which is when you're when you're coming to the office, come there for a reason. Don't come there to put your headphones on and, yes. and put your head down because we're there to actually collaborate. So have more intention about that when you're having meetings and you're traveling, you know, travel with intention. So there's really a reason to do that. Mm -hmm. So we've got to be yeah. a lot more uh, purposeful about what we're doing in those areas. Yeah, so I think it's an uh, exciting future we have ahead of us. Still a little challenging as we sort it out as a, a new way of working, the future of work, but hybrid is here to stay. So, you know, more to come on that. And thanks, everyone, for joining us today. Thanks for joining us. And remember, Sales Globe is a data-driven, creative, problem-solving firm for sales. Yes, we solve your biggest sales challenges, and we would love to hear from you about yours. You can find us at salesglobe.com and connect with us on LinkedIn.